0: Hey guys, I'm Ray Belli, and this is Words for Granted, a podcast that looks at how words change over time. If you love the show, you can become a contributor at patreon.com wordsforgranted. For just a buck a month, you'll gain access to bonus episodes. And for a bit more, I'll even send you your own Words for Granted mug. If Patreon's not your thing, but you'd still like to help keep this show on the road, you can make a one-time donation at paypal.me slash wordsforgranted. Okay, let's get on to today's show, part five in a series on proper place names. In today's episode... Instead of tracing the etymology of a place name back to a root word, as per usual, we'll be tracing the etymology of a particular word back to a place name. That particular word is turkey, as in the bird, and that place name is Norway. Just kidding. It's turkey. Many of you probably have wondered if there is an etymological connection between turkey the bird and turkey the country, and indeed there is. But aside from having the same name, there's nothing intuitive about the connection between these two senses of the word turkey, because wild turkeys aren't native to the country of Turkey. Turkeys are native to North America, which is literally on the other side of the world from Turkey. The connection between Turkey the Bird and Turkey the Country is a fascinating and complex story that I've wanted to tell on this show for a long time, and even though it's slightly inaccurate to include it in this miniseries, since our primary narrative will focus on the bird, I hope you enjoy it nonetheless. Since the name of Turkey the Country long predates the name of the bird, we will indeed begin our discussion with the etymology of the country. So let's get to it. Turkey, the country, derives its name from the Turks, an ethno-linguistic group with ancient origins in northern China and southern Siberia. Today, native Turkic populations are spread out across Asia, eastern Europe, and northern Africa. Defining Turkic identity is difficult because, over the course of their migration history, which dates back to the 6th century CE, Different groups of Turks settled in different parts of the world, came into contact with and adapted different local cultures, interbred with different ethnicities, and converted to different religions. With regards to the Turks as an ethno-linguistic group, all we really need to know for our story is that in the 11th century CE, a group of Turks called the Seljuk Turks conquered the Anatolian Peninsula, resulting in a permanent Turkic settlement there that still continues to this day. Consequently, the region of the Anatolian Peninsula would come to be known as the Land of the Turks, or Turquia in Medieval Latin. From Latin, derivatives of this word would trickle down into many European languages. Turkey, its English descendant, first appears in the 14th century in an early work by Chaucer. I should note that the Anatolian Peninsula was inhabited by a range of ethnolinguistic groups over time, including the Hittites, Assyrians, Greeks, Luwians, and many others. In the grand scheme of history, the Turkish occupation of the land of Turkey is a relatively recent development. The word Turk derives from Old Turkic itself, that is, the earliest attested common ancestor of the modern Turkic languages. It was the name by which the Turks called themselves, and linguists have proposed a few meanings for it. Some claim that the word originally meant ancestry, family, or lineage, while others claim that it meant bravery or strength. I myself am certainly no expert in Turkic linguistics, so I'm not going to try to convince you of one or the other. For the studious among you, the name by which an ethnic group calls itself is known as an endonym. This is opposed to an exonym, which is what outsiders call an ethnic group of people. Anyway, now that we have a basic understanding of the etymology and historical context of the name Turkey, the country, let's try to connect this place name to the North American bird. Let the chaos begin. Turkey the bird was originally known as a turkey cock or a turkey hen. Over time, these words were shortened to just turkey. The reason these birds had turkey in their name in the first place is because people mistakenly believed they had come from the country of Turkey. We'll get to the bottom of this geographical error in just a bit, but first, let's investigate where and when turkey first emerged as a word affiliated with a bird. Turkey cock is first attested in English during the 1540s on none other than a Tudor family dinner menu. As I'm sure many of you know, the Tudors were the monarchical family who ruled England from the late 1400s to the early 1600s. On this Tudor menu, turkey cock is described as, quote, one of the greater fishes or fowls, end quote. However, the bird called a turkey cock here, or rather the meat of the bird called a turkey cock, almost certainly referred to a different bird than what is meant by turkey today. In all likelihood, The early to mid 16th century sense of turkey cock was a catch-all term for any exotic bird imported from Africa. The strongest contender for a specific turkey cock is the guinea fowl. Guinea fowls kind of look like turkeys, but it doesn't take a professional zoologist to figure out that they're two different species of bird. However, mistaking one species of bird for another is one thing, but mistaking their country of origin is another. Why in the world did people think that African guinea fowls came from Turkey? The answer is through 16th century trade networks. The reason why the guinea fowl and other exotic African birds acquired Turkey as a descriptor is because Europeans purchased these birds through Turkish merchants. These Turkish merchants were essentially middlemen who had acquired guinea fowl and other birds from Africa and then resold them at European markets for a profit. At no point did the fowl which came to be known as turkey cocks and turkey hens ever come from the country of Turkey. As a side note, it's worth mentioning that turkey cock and turkey hen are not the only words to have erroneously acquired turkey as a geographic descriptor. The words turkey wheat and turkey corn are both attested from the same time period, and these products ultimately came from India. Like turkey cocks, turkey wheat and turkey corn were purchased by Turkish merchants from India, and then resold by these Turkish merchants to Europeans. So, where in Africa did these Turkish merchants acquire their quote-unquote turkey cocks from? Some people think the birds came from Guinea, some think they came from Madagascar, and some think they came from Ethiopia, but we're not entirely sure. Not only are we unsure of where these Turkish merchants acquired their turkey cocks from, but we're also unsure of how these ultimately African birds came to be confused with the North American bird, Meliagris gallopavo. It could have happened in a number of different ways. Meliagris gallopavo, by the way, is the technical taxonomical name for the North American turkey, and we'll break down the etymology of that in a few minutes, too. But first, How did Meleagris galopavo become the turkey we know and love today? When the British began colonizing North America, did they notice all the Meleagris galopavos running around and think, hey, those look like the turkeys we've got back in England. They must be the same bird. Probably not. It's actually more likely that this confusion happened on British soil before the British even began migrating to North America as the North American turkey was first introduced to Europe in as early as 1512 by Spanish conquistadors returning to their homeland. Thanks to these Spanish importers, the bird quickly became a culinary hit in England, particularly around Christmas time. It's also entirely possible that the designation of the North American fowl as turkey wasn't made in confusion at all. Like I already said, turkey was used as a catch-all term for all exotic birds, so, it's possible that whoever first called a Meleagris galopavo a turkey was just following the logical linguistic trend of the time. Regardless of how it happened, by the early 17th century, the word turkey had become restricted to the North American fowl, the turkey of today. Like I already said, after the Spaniards introduced it to England, it quickly became a popular dish. At this point, People probably knew that Spaniards had acquired these birds from the New World, yet somehow the birds' erroneous affiliation with the country of Turkey stuck around. And now for a quick word from our sponsor. Words for Granted is a proud member of the CLNS network, and today's episode is brought to you by Blinklist. If you're like me, you love reading nonfiction, but the list of books that you'd like to read is just impossibly long. There simply aren't enough hours in the day or enough days in a lifetime to read the number of books I'd like to read. Well, Blinklist has created an app to solve this very problem. Blinklist has distilled thousands of nonfiction titles down to their most essential elements so you can read or listen to them in around 15 minutes right from your phone. You can listen to the titles on Blinklist just like you would listen to a podcast, anytime, anywhere. I've been enjoying listening to Blinklist while doing chores around the house. Blinklist is constantly curating and adding new titles from best of lists, so you're always getting new summaries of the most powerful ideas in a made-for-mobile format. Whether you want to catch the gist of a classic like Think and Grow Rich or a current bestseller like Fire and Fury, I'm sure Blinklist will have something for you. I personally would like to recommend Stephen Hawking's A Brief History of Time. Most of us know who Stephen Hawking is, but few of us actually know his work firsthand. With BlinkList's quick yet thorough encapsulation of Hawking's seminal book from 1988, you can come one step closer to understanding the mind of a genius in just under 20 minutes. Right now, for a limited time, BlinkList has a special offer for Words for Granted listeners. Go to BlinkList.com words to start your free 7-day trial. That's BlinkList spelled B-L-I-N-K-L-I-S-T. Blinklist.com slash words to start your free seven-day trial. Blinklist.com slash words. Okay, let's get back to talking about turkeys. I want to take a closer look at the turkey's taxonomical name, Meleagris gallopavo. One of the reasons I brought it up in the first place is because its etymology is just as ridiculous as that of the turkey's colloquial name. The Meleagris part comes from an obscure story in Greek mythology. So, the mythical character Meliagor held a wild boar hunt to catch a Caledonian boar that was terrorizing a village. A female huntress named Atlanta successfully killed the boar, and Meliagor gave her a prize. Meliagor's uncle and brother were furious that Meliagor gave the prize to a woman, because how dare he? So, in response to his relatives' misogyny, Meliagor killed them. When Meliagar's mother found out about her son's murders, she stuck a piece of wood into a fire, and Meliager then died. Yes, there was a particular piece of wood that was prophetically connected to the length of Meliager's lifespan. The prophecy stated that as soon as this piece of wood was burned, Meliager would die. So, mom killed him via burning a piece of wood, and then when her daughters found out that she had killed their brother, they cried incessantly and to spare them from their pain, the goddess Athena turned them into guinea fowl and excommunicated them to a distant island. Did you catch all that? If you're wondering how this story is supposed to make sense, I am too. Anyway, that accounts for the Meliagris part of the turkey's scientific name. It literally means of Meliagar. Galopavo, the second half of its scientific name, is a compound word made of the Latin words rooster and peacock, respectively. So, according to science, a turkey is a guinea fowl rooster peacock. But the bizarre names for turkey the bird don't end here. Let's take a look at words for turkey in some other languages. Let's start with Turkish. In Turkish, turkeys are called Hindi. That word Hindi is cognate with the English words Hindi and Hindu, both of which are associated with the country of India. In fact, India itself is also cognate with Hindi and Hindu. Obviously, the Turks knew that Turkey the bird didn't come from Turkey the country, so does this mean that they assumed it came from India? It might mean this, and Turkish is not the only language that calls Miliagris Galopavo by an India-related name. In French, Polish, Basque, and Armenian, the words for Turkey the bird all refer to India. If I had done an episode in one of these languages, we'd be distinguishing between India the bird and India the country, instead of Turkey the bird and Turkey the country. Let's do a case study of the French word for turkey. In French, turkey was originally called poulet dinde, literally the Indian chicken. As speakers of modern French know, this name has been shortened over time to dinde. This is identical to the shortening of the English terms turkey cock and turkey hen to just turkey. As I'm sure many of you know, Christopher Columbus originally took up his journey across the Atlantic Ocean to find a faster way to the Far East, and initially, it was believed that he'd reached India, or small islands off the coast of India. This mistaken notion is where the terms West Indies and American Indian come from. Even though it was quickly discovered that the Americas were not India, or even close to India, the misnomer stuck. So even if the French and Turks knew that Turkey the bird came from North America, they might still have used the word Indian as a descriptor in this older, inaccurate sense. Or, there's always the possibility that they actually thought it did come from the real India. In Dutch, Finnish, Swedish, Lithuanian, Danish, and Estonian, the word for Turkey is based on Calicut an actual city in the real India. For example, the Dutch word for Turkey is kalkoen, which literally means hen from Calicut. This Calicut etymology first caught on in German and then spread to other Northern European languages. However, in German today, that original name has been replaced by the word truton. These Northern European Calicut-derived words for Turkey developed in a similar way to the English word Turkey, Again, it goes back to confusion over the importation of guinea fowl. Apparently, the Germans and Dutch acquired their guinea fowl from India, specifically from Indian merchants from Calicut. So, when the North American, Meleagris galopavo, started showing up in the Netherlands, either the Dutch indiscriminately decided to call it by the same name as the guinea fowl, or they genuinely were confused and thought it was the same bird. In a delicious twist of irony, in the Malay language, the word for Turkey is Ayam Belanda, which translates as Dutch chicken. In the 17th century, Malaysia was part of the Dutch East Indies and colonial Dutch rulers brought Turkey from Europe to Malaysia. Native Malaysians had never seen turkeys before, so naturally, they associated Meliagris Galopavo with the Dutch. In closing, let's bring things back to North America. If you're like me, you might be wondering why the British who wound up settling in America didn't adapt a local Native American term for Turkey. Various Native American tribes had been domesticating Turkey for 500 years before Europeans arrived in the New World, so there had to be indigenous words for meleagris galopavo, right? Of course there were. In many Native American dialects once spoken on the east coast of the United States, such as Algonquin. Abenaki, and Narragansett, among others, the words for Turkey are Nahiyam, Nahame, and Nahenat, respectively. As you can probably tell, all of these words share a common root. There are also Native American words for Turkey that don't share this root, such as the Powhatan word, Monanao. So let's return to the question, why didn't Americans eventually adapt a more authentic name for a bird that was native to their new homeland? It's one thing for the Brits across the ocean in England to have confusion over the origins of a bird purchased from an international trading market, but for the Brits who had migrated to and settled in America, the bird roamed wild and free in front of their faces, so there was no way that there could be any confusion of the bird's national origin. The answer to this question is simply I don't know. Americans have adopted plenty of Native American words for uniquely North American animals, such as moose, coyote, opossum, raccoon, and jaguar, yet somehow, the native word for the turkey never caught on. However, in the Mexican dialect of Spanish, the word guajoloto exists alongside the more conventional Spanish word for turkey, which is pavo. Guajoloto is what the original inhabitants of Mexico, the Aztecs, called turkey, while pavo derives from a Latin word meaning peacock. Naturally, this pavo is the same pavo as in Meliagris gallopavo. Alright, that's it for this one. I hope you guys give it another listen closer to Thanksgiving, and impress your family and friends with how smart you are. Again, if you'd like to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash granted. If you'd like to support the show, but Patreon is not in your budget, that's fine. You can still leave a positive review at Apple Podcasts, or whatever your podcast directory of choice is. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook as Words for Granted, and if you want to contact me directly, the email for the show is wordsforgranted at gmail.com. Okay, have a great day. I'll talk to you next time here at Words for Granted.